Brand new week, brand new Monday. It is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. What a weekend we have had. All the drama that's going on all over the place, especially if it's related to Donald Trump. First and foremost, we had none other than the Santimonious, the Sanctimonious, whatever the hell he calls him. He has dropped out and has decided to throw his weight Behind Donald Trump, whatever minuscule weight that may be. But we have Nikki Haley, who doesn't use her real name, still forging ahead, trying to get the votes over in New Hampshire. I know somebody over there in New Hampshire, and he has told me that every single commercial, every other commercial on TV and radio is all about Nikki Haley. She is desperately trying to get the vote out because she is the Democrats' choice for president. Do not let anybody fool you that Nikki Haley is a Republican. She isn't. She is a Democrat. Ever since DeSantis dropped out, we find that Nikki Haley is going to be the recipient of a massive New York City rhino Republican and liberal Democrat fundraiser. The minimum charge for any of these tickets is around $3,300. Notice the significance of 33. And if you wanted to be a VIP gold member, platinum member uh, douche, that supports Nikki Haley, then you could spend upwards of $33,000. I mean, what a steal if you wanted to buy favoritism in a potential presidential administration in 2024 and on. I would like to say this. Anybody that sincerely believes that Nikki Haley is a Republican is an utter effing fool. All you have to do is look at her own state. How many of the elected officials in her own state are supporting Donald Trump, have come out and said that they support Donald Trump? They want nothing to do with this two-faced turncoat that said the only reason why she got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. Who on this earth would say, I aspire to be Hillary Clinton, knowing that we have all kinds of laptop material from Anthony Weiner that points us in a direction, per Fox News, that there may be some achy dealings and illegal activities involving children. Now, that was a Fox News post. Don't look at me. This ain't conspiracy theory. That was on Fox. So for all of those people out there, that are still trying to think that, well, uh, Nikki Haley is the more sane choice. No, 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 no. You don't get it. You don't get this at all. This has everything to do with the Democrat voters. Why do you think Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, came out and said, well, you know, Democrats should really start supporting Nikki Haley because Republicans deserve a real alternative to Donald Trump. Why would Jamie Dimon say something like that? Democrat Jamie Dimon, by the way. Um, oh, uh, and by the way, why would Democrats throw a fundraiser where they're charging a minimum of $3,300 just to sit in the same room as this fraud? Uh, because these are Democrat supporters, Democrat fundraisers. Why do you think Nikki Haley won as much as she did in Iowa? It's not because of Republican voters. They all went to Trump. It's because Democrat voters changed their affiliation to Republican because they can do that same day in Iowa and voted for Nikki Haley. 
She is the Democrat choice. The Democrats do not want Joseph Biden. Big Mike Obama does not want to run. She is living very well in various uh, Democrat enclaves across the country, making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars just to show up and give a speech for 45 minutes. She can't get a better gig than that. Then you have... California Governor Gavin Newsom. Okay, maybe he wants to be president. Uh, all right, so fine. If he wants to be president, I can promise you that neither he nor the Democrat elite want to throw his face into the blender to go against Donald Trump. So what are we really looking at here? We're looking at Republicans that don't like Trump. We're looking at Democrats that don't like Biden, that want to be able to save their ammunition like a Gavin Newsom or a Big Mike Obama in two, for 2028 or beyond. And so their only alternative, because they can't go against Biden, right? They can't come out and say, we don't support Biden. Their only alternative is to support a Republican in the form of Nikki Haley. We all know how corrupt she is, right? As soon as she quits being UN ambassador under Trump, her husband starts a defense contractor firm. And wouldn't you know it, she goes around the world and she sits on the board of Boeing. What a great time to be alive. I mean, we've got her husband making military contracting deals. We've got her sitting on the board. And oh, God, now she's going to run for president. What do you think she's going to do when she becomes president? As Vivek Rabasalami so eloquently pointed out, she can't even point to the countries she wants to send American troops and NATO troops to on a map, yet she's more than willing to do it. She does not care about you or me. She only cares cares about big industry, the war industry. And she was all about masking and mandates. And thank goodness we've got these vaccines. Oh, God, what a great day it is to be here in the Carolinas because, ah, now we've got mRNA shots. This warmongering hoe, by the way, I'm being truthful with Ho because we found out also over the weekend she cheated on her husband two times and... And it wouldn't surprise me if they have an open relationship, which is the reason why she cheated on her husband two times. So, yes, this hoe is trying to get the Republican nomination, and it is all because of Democrats. That is it. There's no other way to look at this. And it's very, very sad that most people do not believe this kind of behavior and tactic actually works because it's what is going on. It was what's what's what has been going on for a very long time for anybody that's a Rush Limbaugh listener out there. He created something called Operation Chaos. Operation Chaos was when a whole bunch of Republicans would change their affiliation to Democrat in 2008 to get Hillary Clinton to be the presidential nominee. It's the same thing that the Democrats are doing now. It's their own version of Operation Chaos. Now, the real question is, why would Rush Limbaugh do that? It's because on the Republican side of the presidential ticket, none of the Republicans like the Republican candidates. So what did they do? They supported the candidate, regardless of party, that really 
forwarded their agenda, their warmongering agenda. Now, Obama did a pretty good job of blowing up brown people, but Hillary Clinton would have done that much of a better job. So that's why Rush Limbaugh supported her and all the Republicans supported her. It's the same tactic that they've always done. And these two stooges on 710WOR, it's a flag st- st- flagship station. Woo, couldn't get that out. On on AM radio in New York, right? They took over Rush Limbaugh's time slot. As soon as DeSantis dropped out, the first thing they said was, oh, I, uh, we, I, we think that uh, Nikki Haley should be Trump's VP. This race is over. There's no way that Trump is not going to lose. He's going to win. He's going to win hands down. If we look at all the polls, Trump is up by double digits in New Hampshire. So Nikki Haley is just dragging her feet and wasting money. And that's it. It's done. But we know Trump. We know suburban mothers. It should be Nikki Haley that wins the nomination. So these two frauds, Buck and Clay, over on 710WOR, I talk about them all the time because they're zilches. I have more energy than they do, and I have a day job. These people were hardcore DeSantis supporters. They showed up to his fundraisers. They just didn't show up for the $3,300 tables, if we're making analogies with Nikki Haley here. They showed up as prime platinum speakers at a DeSantis fundraiser. You just don't do that. You just don't get that kind of status. If you're a radio personality during a Republican primary, unless you support the guy, they would come up with gloom and doom scenarios of what would happen if Trump is taken out uh, during the election. What would happen if Trump is arrested? The only real option here is DeSantis or Haley. So as soon as DeSantis drops out and throws his support behind Trump, what do we have? These two idiots. Well, Nikki Haley is the only option. here. It's very clear. That these idiots, which, by the way, are mainstream mouthpieces for the Republican rhino elite, Republican to name only, if you don't know what that means, R-I-N-O, they're the mouthpieces. They're trying to get you, the primary voter, the real voter, to get behind big industry, the war industry, the defense industry, because they don't want a Trump presidency that doesn't have a war. Trump didn't start a war last time, and they were really upset by it. Because if we're all to remember what happened with ISIS under Trump, ISIS was defeated under Trump. Do you know how Trump defeated ISIS? He stopped funding them. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, through his State Department, and she was running it at the time, funded, trained, armed, supported ISIS. And Trump came in and said, guess what? We're not funding them anymore. We'll drop a few bombs to make it look like there was a fight, but we're going to disband the whole fifth column. That's how Trump defeated it. And what you know, it as soon as Biden steps in, poof, ISIS is back. We're going to be the scourge of Syria, and we're a radicalized Muslim group that only ever attacks other Muslims. Um, doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't make sense. So you have these mainstream Republicans on the radio, on television, Sean Hannity, lantern-jawed drunk. Well, I don't think he's a drunk. But lantern-jawed moron that doesn't know how to do his own radio show. 
he's out there. Oh, well, Nikki Haley, and he never really supports Trump. And we've seen the leaked uh, text messages uh, that came out uh, from Sean Hannity where he doesn't like Trump. Neither does Tucker Carlson. But they'll all get behind him now because they can read the tea leaves. They know which way the wind is blowing. These people are going to try to bamboozle you into thinking that Trump should pick Nikki Haley. It ain't gonna happen. It's never, ever, ever going to happen. I don't believe it. Not now. Not ever. Even Trump came out and said that Nikki Haley, one, she's not tough enough. Two, she's not smart enough. Three, and she wasn't respected enough. She cannot do this job. She's not going to be able to deal with President Xi. She's not going to be able to deal with Putin and Kim Jong-un. So, right there, Trump is already starting to figure out if something happens to him, who's going to be next in line. And guess what? It ain't Nikki Haley. It will never, ever, ever be Nikki Haley. Thank God. And this is what's also telling. You're starting to get all of these elites throughout the world coming to the realization that Donald Trump is going to be the next president. It's almost like all of this is staged, and it's all in line years in advance, which kind of makes sense, right? So we've got Jamie Dimon coming out, and we've got other people saying, you know, uh, Trump's policies wasn't really wrong. was pretty good, right? Trump's policies, he was right on immigration. He was right on COVID to shut down everything. He was good with the economy. Things were up. He was right with the gas and oil. Drill, drill, drill. Ah, man, he has a few points. When you've got Democrats like Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan coming out and saying those things, you know that they're staging something. It's either one of two things. It's either A, they know he's going to be the next president, or B, they're trying to start to say nice things because there is a plan to take Trump out in some way, right? If we all read the Atlantic article from over the weekend that Alexander Soros, little salacious crumb from George Soros, he posted an article from the Atlantic, which, by the way, the Atlantic, if it could be printed out, the only thing you should do with it is wipe with it. And the image that was posted on X, because every time you post an article or a link to a website, there's usually an image that goes along with that link that's also posted on X. It showed from this Atlantic article, it was almost like a split screen. The screen on the left showed a bullet hole through glass. All right, so you get that image. The screen on the right showed a fistful of money. It was totaling an amount of 47. So everybody said, oh, this is a an assassination threat against Donald Trump, 47th president. We've got the bullet hole here. This is it. He's trying to make some kind of signal that Trump is going to be assassinated, or at least we're going to offer some dollar amount. If you take him out, we'll pay you this amount. So here's the interesting thing about this. One. If I went to the Atlantic article and I copied the link and I posted it on X, guess what would happen? The same image would pop up. So to say that this is completely unique 
to Alexander Soros is a falsity. The next interesting little tidbit is that both of those images are stock photos. The image that had the fistful of dollars, I think it had uh, two twenties, two tens, and a couple of uh, a couple of uh, was it two twenty? I don't know. Whatever totaled up to forty seven bucks, right? Some of those dollars were what they called silver certificates, which means the money is actually backed by silver or some kind of other material, silver, and and it's not backed by debt. The last person that tried to introduce silver certificates was JFK. So there's a lot of assassination imagery going on right here with this Atlantic article and Alexander Soros posting this thing. Alexander Soros, mumbling, bumbling fool, if you ever listen to him speak. He can't speak. He says that Donald Trump took away democracy from everybody. And Donald Trump took away our right to choose, and on and on he went through this deranged, deranged, bumbling monologue in front of the World Economic Forum. We all know that this guy is an idiot, and the only reason why he is getting paid what he's getting paid is because of his father, also degenerate, and this is something that we have to contend with because of the amount of money that is being funneled through this asshole is unsurmountable. The only thing that's going to counter that is going to be a vote, assuming we've got honest elections. But everybody is reading the tea leaves. Even former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Maybe you've seen him. He looks like he takes a shower and then drives to work with his head out the window. Or it looks like he just came out of a bath and decides to dry his hair by rubbing his face all over the carpet and the pillows like a canine. So he was at the World Economic Forum. He said, in the cocktail parties of Davos, I am told, the global wokarati have been trembling so violently that you could hear the ice tinkling in their Negronis, a very, very mediocre drink, I might add. He even goes on by saying, in the senior common rooms of our universities, in the synod of the Church of England, in the Orwellian corridors of the BBC, and among much of the UK establishment, there has been a caterwauling orgy of nose-holding abhorrence that Trump is going to come back. The more frenzied the effort to cancel him, he says, the stronger he becomes. The more bitterly his enemies wage lawfare against him, the more unstoppable he seems to be. So this is actual admittance that somebody on the inside realizes what's going on, how Trump operates, and the more you push against the Teflon Don, the more supporters he's going to have. That's very important to realize as we go forward. We see all the lawfare that's been going on. You've got this idiotic feminine feminine hygiene product judge Kaplan who is in charge of this E. Carol Jean uh, case. I think that's her name. She's this deranged lunatic that lives in a shed in the middle of the woods that claims that Trump found her on the street, whisked her away to a dressing room at a Bergdorf Goodman, and then decided to grab her by the pee multiple times. First off, if you know Donald Trump, before 2016, he wouldn't even shake people's hands. He would have fist bumps, not even that, sorry. Maybe elbow bumps, kind of, 
on a very breezy day. He was a complete germaphobe. Nobody wants to remember that. And you should remember it because then all of a sudden this whole case goes out the window. Why would Trump out of nowhere pick up this slattern and decide to diddle her in the fitting room? Doesn't make sense. I mean, this deranged lunatic paints rocks and trees in the middle of the woods. She talks to her mother about sexual escapades. She has all kinds of sexually suggestive tweets that she put out there, and it clearly shows this woman needs mental help. But for some reason, this case is being allowed to happen. So Trump was in New Hampshire. Trump flies to New York to go to his court case. The judge says, oh, we're going to postpone the case until tomorrow. What happens tomorrow? It's the New Hampshire primary. So Trump came from New Hampshire to New York to go back to New Hampshire to go back to New York. And we may not even know if the court case is going to actually occur on New on the same day as New Hampshire's primary because the judge is citing concerns over COVID. It is 2024. We do not need to be concerned about COVID. Yet the Democrats and these activist judges are out there still saying, oh, oh, COVID is so bad. We don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Everybody has to remain safe. Everybody has to be able to just believe that a mask works and we need to stay home and oh goodness this is more lawfare this is going to backfire on them because even if you tried to keep donald trump out of a primary race and interfere in an election it won't work people see through the bs at this point they're not convinced that trump is actually guilty of these extremely thin court cases. And don't think for a second that they're going to stop here because it's going to continue. And they're going to try their damnedest to get the story and the narrative around Trump to be as negative as possible. Also from the World Economic Forum, you had this utterly reprehensible termagant of a woman Oh, God, Wall Street Journal editor-in-chief Emma Tucker. She's just beside herself. Oh, we've lost control over the quote-unquote facts. Oh, did we? No, you didn't lose control over the facts. You lost control over what is being published. The facts are now being determined by people that are capable of critical thought. And more than likely, you'll find those individuals all over X. And she came out and said, I think there's a very specific challenge for the legacy brands like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. If you go back really not that long ago, as I say, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers. We were very much owned by the facts as well. It is said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. Yes, sweetheart, I'm sorry, because maybe, just maybe, we figured out that you're bought and owned by big industry, big pharma, and we should not trust anything that you've said.
If you want to go to the genesis of why nobody trusts your dusty ass anymore, you should go back to 2016 when you people ran with the Russian hoax. And then you should go back to the Ukraine hoax. And then you should go back to why you didn't do any due diligence about what is a positive COVID case and what exactly is COVID? Did it come from a lab? Yes. Did these mandates actually help anything? No. And were these inoculations actually vaccines or was the definition changed midstream by Dr. Fauci? And were these injections actually safe for people? If you want any scruples, you need to come to terms with that bastardization of truth. And you need to get on the cutting edge to suddenly realize that, hey, wait a minute, truth sells. When we aren't backed by these big pharma stooges, and when we tell stories that are actually backed by truth, that actually validate real-life events in people's lives, that will gain your integrity back, and you'll be able to sell more and more. People will actually start to like you. But since you're an idiot over, over there at the Davos crowds, big powwow for the World Economic Forum, nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. And this I'm going to leave you with. I mean, I guess this is an episode on Trump. Rasmussen came out. Big, big story. Big story. Essentially, it is this. It was proven in a court in Georgia that it is extremely easy to manipulate the vote in electronic voting machines. In fact, it only took an effing pen. Mr. Halderman said a wrongdoer hidden behind a privacy screen at a voting precinct would nece wouldn't necessarily be caught by election workers. Changing a touch screen's programming would take seconds or minutes, but potentially create chaos in a major election. When it wouldn't be difficult to determine which ballots were legitimate, he said, it isn't necessary to open up a voting machine or remove security seals to gain, quote unquote, super users access to a touch screen and change its programming. Essentially, this is what happens. If you did you ever have a modem issue or did you ever have an electronics issue? Usually there's a little, 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 little pinhole somewhere. And if things get really bad, you're supposed to put a pin in the pinhole to reset the device. Well, same thing here. You can use a pen to reset the electronic voting machine, but it doesn't reboot automatically. It says, essentially, do you want to reboot or do you want to start safe mode? And when you click that you want to start safe mode on the electronic voting machine, it then gives you access to the files, every single file on that voting machine. And what does that enable you to do? It enables you to manipulate the ballots. It enables you to change the votes. It enables you to change the proportions that each ballot submitted is worth 
we found out back in 2020 that there were plenty of areas and counties where one Republican ballot was worth 0.75, while a Democrat ballot was worth 1.25. So that means for every Democrat ballot submitted, Democrats were worth 125% of a vote, while Republicans were worth 75% of a vote. That's a 0.5% difference, a discrepancy. It's a massive discrepancy when you're coming down to these battleground counties and states. This is not that hard to do. All the naysayers out there, oh, this is impossible. I can't believe that you would even propose something like this happened in a Georgia court, and it is so bad that this judge is forced to acknowledge that you can manipulate electronic voting machines. It's not hard to do, and you don't need a lot of people to do it. All you need is a few operatives, some very, very basic steps to follow, pen, hold, safe mode, manipulate. You can even put in um, hard drives, not hard drives, uh, thumb drives if you want. You can uh, manipulate the votes. You can take away votes, add votes. You can alter the proportions, like I've said. If you have a few people that have been given these instructions, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they are more than capable of stealing the vote. And if they did it in 2020, I know they did it in 22, especially if you look at the numbers from New York State and how those counties went. Do not put it past them to try to do it again in 2024, especially when we have all of these Democrats and these never-Trump Republicans that do not want to see Trump at all anywhere near that White House again. That's going to be it for me. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, your beautiful, lovable, fuzzball host. I'll be back for another couple of days this week, regaling you with brilliance. As always, I will be back tomorrow.